0: Welcome to another episode of the Unapologist podcast. Today we have the Muhammad Ali
1: of pedagogy, Christopher. Hey, 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 hey! Listen, if I'm Muhammad Ali, you're Tyson Fury. Oh, you know what? You're the you're the, you're the current champ. <laughs> I, I, I will so
0: accept that honor you. until I get dethroned. I'm happy to do that. I and threw him tonight.
1: I threw you off McKenzie, tonight.
0: You did. You did. I was totally expecting something else from you. Vito McKenzie on this end. And Chris, how's it going over there, bud?
1: Hey, bud. uh, It is... It's a good grind. It's a grind, but it's a good grind. Uh, You know, we are... uh, We're moving forward at the time of recording. We are coming to the end of second semester. Uh, So there's... You know, there's the second semester grind with get those marks in, get those... Uh, get those assignments done. Let's get these report cards. Let's make it happen. Uh, but there's also the excitement about hey, let's hey new classes coming up. Uh, new challenges. How about how about on your end, Vito? How's it going for you, my friend in the uh, uh, online uh, lifestyles? Well, hey, I, I, I'm back in person too.
0: Yeah, so you know, I, I'm online till the rest of the year and uh, my board has been it's been announced so it will be online everybody for some time longer. So it's been neat because I've been put into a mentorship role now with a few other teachers have been reaching out. And that's been exciting. And what's really cool is uh this month, I've been throwing a course that's was so rarely taught that no one in the board had actually taught it live in the past, I think, eight years. And I just happened to work with the one person who did. And what uh, course and is that? It's called Adventures in World History. And it's been... <laughs> It's a grade 12 <laughs> Essentials course, but it's so much fun because the topics are piracy, torture and execution um, uh, monuments um, we got ancient myths and religions like it's all the fun stuff students love and you can just do really in any it. direction any direction, plagues, epidemics like we were taking it all so we're, we're d- discussing
1: know I, 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 I asked about I asked about the course you were teaching, not about like current world history.
0: well that's the cool part everything we talk about like can you see this happening now like the witch trials and everything but yeah we did we did pirates uh the last few days and it was it was cool because my students introduced me to the tiktok thing that was going around the sea shanties being dubbed over and i'm like this is amazing so it's it's been so much fun because you just get to uh, explore and have fun with it so i've been i've been very impressed with um just how well that it's been going the students have been enduring and and handling it and um you know just their resilience on it so i've been, I've been impressed but you know what enough about us enough, we uh,
1: enough about us
0: uh, we, we could go on all night we could we,
1: we eventually will have a veto and chris special
0: oh that'll be at least six hours and five of that would just be chris you're the best <laughs> no veto you're the best <laughs> four hours later <laughs> but hey you know who we got on tonight uh i am dying for you to introduce our
1: guest tonight i am so
0: excited so excited
1: let me tell you we got nick matthews on tonight now nick is a gentleman who i met a few years ago and he he came to uh the school i was at as an educational assistant and he was the ea who uh you know he was put with the challenges. He was put with 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 students who had big challenges. And he's the guy who, you know, I, I think I think frontline, frontline inspiration, frontline, uh, you know, uh, just getting kids to do their best work frontline working with the students who are in most need of mentorship and support. And from from day one, when he was just like, I I guess I'm an EA now, he 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 had it. He was he, and I don't even know what it is, but he had it. <laughs> and um I just knew we had to have him on the show when we were talking about uh, mentorship, because when I think of amazing mentors, uh, I think of Nick Matthews. Nick, welcome to the show tonight. We're so pleased to have you.
2: Thanks, gentlemen. It's yeah, so- yeah,
0: it is. It is a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, because this is audio, uh, I, I'm already pumped. Nick's in his gaming chair, and I see the Empire Strikes Back a poster in the background. Second best Star Wars movie next to Phantom Menace. So we are, <laughs> we are ready to
2: roll. <laughs> There's the popping test we needed. <laughs> Triggered right from the beginning, Vito. I'm shook by you. Oh, yeah, just just
0: waking us all up just waking yeah, us all up
2: nick. that's right, that's, right.
0: <laughs> uh, um, that's awesome um i'm so excited i'm so excited uh, and, and you know nick we always like to start the show by asking the same question and we believe that everyone has a story of how they got into education so please tell us yours what got you into education
2: well i think chris coined it really well when he said um i was I stumbled upon it I, I well today i'm gonna be in ea i guess um and that really did sum it up um I did not see myself going in the world of education at all. Coming out of high school, I wanted to get as far away from another high school as I possibly could. I uh, I joined the ranks of most of the other people um, in our little oil city and decided that I was going to become a power engineer and go out to site and make that good money, get a license to print cash, so to speak. Um, and I, I don't know, I did my due diligence out there. I got kept on for a little while because they liked me and such. And I was really engaged by the work. But uh, I, I, I quickly saw myself turning into something that I didn't want to be. And it was more of a, a like a time for a personal reemergence. It didn't really have anything to do with work. I just, uh, I think I dived in a little too quick, maybe. Um, especially not giving myself any, like, uh, I didn't take a summer. I just went right into uh, trade school uh, right out of the gate um yeah i, I, I really no. didn't feel like i do did so well so i i started to pour out of that what um, brought you to
0: that moment because you you said you just you, you had this realization what was it just you were tired of the grind were you just empty like what what, what was that feeling your what was going on
2: it was the mentors and there's a perfect example. The people that I was looking towards, the, that I that I saw my end game being in the chairs that I was sitting in, the the you know, I, I was training to become a fourth class engineer. I was looking at the second class and first class engineers, and the only thing that really seemed to make them overly happy was the next purchase they made. They all had this one thing. They would sit around our lunch table and make another Amazon purchase, another Amazon purchase. And I, I saw that all too often. And maybe that was just my short experience. I mean, I only did it for like eight months or something like that. But um it, it made me feel icky that it was al- it was always about oh let's let's go gambling let's let's go to the bar let's go It, it was always a, a habit that I didn't want to get into that I felt really forced to take part in just to get the approval um, to be able to keep my job to be able to move forward in life to be able to I don't know uh, progress and it, it just wasn't the way I saw progression looking. It wasn't the way I wanted to make my mark on the world, so to speak. Ooh, wow. that
1: was a heavy, that was a heavy statement, sir. I think that's a really heavy statement. You know, when you ask that question, how do I want to make my mark on the world, and and am I doing it?
2: After that, I I, I like I asked every person in my life that ever gave me good advice, and for the most part, I didn't have um, really excellent mentors. I was I was in a pretty rocky place in that point in my life. Um, but I just, I I knew I had to get all the information I could to try and figure something out. And so I started looking into leadership programs and stuff like that. Just, I felt like I was missing some skills and I thought I could maybe pick up a hobby or two. Maybe I'll go hiking. Maybe I'll go mountain climbing. I've never done this. I was really in this weird, um, experimental phase, um, where I mean, anything sounded good, really. (laughs) Uh, And I came across this camp in uh, Nordeg, Alberta, called Shunda Creek. And it was basically, come join us for hiking, mountain climbing, ice climbing, and a touch of yoga and spiritual experiences. Just a touch. (laughs) Just a touch. Just a touch. Um, But they really, they like, they definitely marketed it towards the adventure. I'd say, unless the the self healing side of it. But man, the healing part was there. Were, there were so many classroom moments in there where I got taught things that I just couldn't understand why we didn't preach to kids on a regular basis. Just, just normal, wholesome, moral things that I, I guess I, I remember. I, I guess a touch from. Uh, I want to say Sunday school and and my early days in the church, but uh, losing touch of that as a, as a teenager, I felt like, I guess I lost that piece. And I found that again uh, with this little camp.
0: That's, that's phenomenal. That's, That's fantastic. So it's, it's like you reacquainted yourself with something that you feel you lost, like you said, you lost or you kind of moved away from and it was a reconnection. something of who you are
2: Uh, uh, particularly in that of just I want to say an addiction to growth it was um, getting outside of my comfort zone and realizing that outside of that comfort I found so much and I I could pick these amazing minds around me who are all um, again comfortable in that uncomfortable place and you know um, I guess when you surround yourself and those, those really big people, it's really easy to take big ideas and mold yourself into whatever you choose.
1: I really like how you said uh, an addiction to growth, because like what a, uh, you know, if there was, if there was kind of like a, a poster for why to, why to get into education you know, are you addicted to growth? You know, I, I think that really speaks to it.
2: I'd buy that uncle Sam. Word. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's, let's jump then. So you, you've had this moment, you're surrounding yourself with amazing people. And then.
2: Uh, Okay. So I I spent a couple months taking in all the good sites and such. And uh, I, I came out kind of, like, um, I want to say like a baby, I really needed to get like reintegrated in society. I hadn't worked in, well, at that point, it was like, five months or something like that. Um, I hadn't considered education. I, I just, I was totally out of the loop of the world. I felt like I had no idea how to adult again, after just getting a taste of it, so to speak. Um, so I called up uh, my old job, Got a good position back there, and at the same time, I, I, I knew that wasn't going to keep that uh, addiction of, for growth going and fed, I guess. Um, so I started looking for places to uh, volunteer in the community that interested me. And <laughs> I, I don't want to say it was slim Pickens, but it really felt like it. I, could, I, I, I never found anything that really meshed with me. At least easily. I forget the waking moment, but I believe it was my mother that just kind of reminded me of a youth drop-in center that I used to go to when I was like 16, 17, just to get out of the house when I was pissing her off or something. (laughs) Um, But she reminded me of that place and I I went down and I'd seen some uh, familiar faces and I uh, inquired, I guess, uh, I spent like a year and a half, maybe two years just volunteering my free time there. Getting to know a couple of kids from, uh, I guess, uh, around the city, and uh, uh, particularly just where the area is located, it, it, it's kind of in a poor location that it it um, it attracts the one percent. It attracts the kids that I'm best with, I guess. But yeah, um, spending a lot of time there, I, I quickly realized that you know if you surround yourself and people that you would identify as a mentor. You you're gonna become one, not only, but you're gonna take them on, uh, or you're gonna you're gonna look to them as uh, that mentor. You're gonna become a mentee, and in the process, you're gonna mold yourself into the mentor that they were when you met them. If that makes some sense, like you will catch up to that level and eventually become that. If you if you so attain that, or if you so choose to. Mm-hmm.
0: I lo- I love what your story is really conveying here because last. Uh, 2019, I 2019 david brooks wrote a book the second mountain and it describes this whole idea that we chase this dream this first mountain is you know the riches and the fame and the wealth and and then people climb that mountain and then they get to the top and they realize oh that's it like they're, they're not fulfilled they realize it wasn't actually what they wanted so they start looking towards that second mountain which mm-hmm. is looking towards others and so you kind of you kind of climb that mountain you kind of started going up and you're like no i don't want this mountain and so your journey is already like, you, you've already gone up that second mountain. Already, Not to mention that, that an age. actual mountain. <laughs> Not to mention an actual mountain. You literally went up the second mountain um, to, to metaphorically climb that. I, 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 that's that's amazing. That's amazing.
2: It's a journey to say the least. I don't know. There's been so many little waking moments along the way that, like, I, um, I, I like to use stumbling through life as the greatest metaphor for how <laughs> I exist. Because, I don't think I've ever put in a whole lot of effort into anything besides just being genuinely myself. And that has served me extremely well in life.
0: Well, uh, folks, if you've been paying attention, that line right there, that's all of education for you. This has been the Unapologist <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> this
1: is, uh, thank you for watching our finale. And, and by watching, I mean listening. Uh, I like that stumbling through life and being authentically yourself. And it serves you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Well, I- like I definitely stumbled to the doors of our high school. Like I, I was cherry picked from that youth center um, just because of uh, one of our classroom support teachers had a, I guess, close relationship with someone that I had known at the youth center. I wasn't allowed to know who blah, 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 but they liked what they heard and they, um, and um, yeah, it took a little time, but it worked out. <laughs> It's it's um. interesting
1: too how you know like everyone's story is so incredibly different and your story was like well no I there was there was never a there was never a step towards it it came to me but but it came to you when you were when 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 it was time for you to get there
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know like it it was like okay this is you know this dude's doing some stuff that's next level he needs to be at he needs the right forum to do that and we, we can provide that. I I love that. I love that. Um, time goes by, it happens. You, you come in the door, uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed as it were. (laughs) Um, and then, and so you've been, you've been at it for a while now and you've been at it in, in kind of like you do some really important work. Uh, can you give us kind of some insight into like what a day to day would look like kind of maybe, and maybe even like normal day to day. And then like, covid day to day and like so what's that like because i think that sometimes uh i i think a lot of people don't know i think a lot of people don't know about the the reality of 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 the the, the this mentoring work that you do
2: um i've been kind of blessed and sheltered throughout our, our at least the covid experience that I, i've been playing more of a, i want to say like a um a chat moderator for the most part in in the sense that uh um, me and the my t- my teacher that I work with we've, we we share the room we share the floor and we just kind of bounce back and forth as much as possible and I, I haven't had to do a whole lot of one-on-one work since the um, the online world started um, besides I guess uh, a couple of my choice individuals that I keep tabs with just uh, for sake keeping I guess um, but yeah I guess I've I've had it pretty easy in that sense more um, it's mostly been. Um, a technical battle like teaching teachers how to exist in the online world with uh, uh little to no hassles and we already kind of touched on the fancy gaming chair and such uh, <laughs> i have that background i like the computer things i do okay in that matter <laughs> so uh, i tried to lend my hand as best to to, to give everybody a, a, a good viewing experiences for the kids to not have poor microphone quality to have a good crisp image get the lighting not horrible whatever you're doing i don't know a few little things but um outside of that (laughs) the real world for eas man every day is going to look entirely different every assignment's going to look entirely different every every kid that you're given is going to have a different set of issues and you're going to have to approach it with an entirely different mindset um it really, well, oh, I think the the important thing when you're you're getting started as an EA, because nobody told me these things really. I did just get thrown into the trenches a little bit, but yeah, uh, <laughs> um, keeping that grounded matter, staying grounded,
0: and, and you're just talking about how each day is so much different each kid is so much different and you know i definitely see that in many of the educational assistants in in my school and just i i i'm tired just watching them <laughs> like i i give them so much credit like they are amazing uh, and so I, I can only imagine just showing up every day and like oh well okay this is the fire i'm dealing with today i'm gonna have to put this one out or this is the challenge that i'm dealing with today is a lot of that right
2: pretty pretty much yeah um I mean, besides the this like the social emotional turmoil of kids in a everyday classroom, the, the uh, thinking more of the the uh, I guess the hard cases. I always find it weird to say the this say what they are without saying something that sounds moderately offensive. I have to like dance around the topic.
1: You know, I I, I picture like I picture like a you know, you you go to the, you go to the circus, you go to the zoo, you go to the carnival and, and, and you buy, you buy the helium filled balloon. And I think about my son, Uh, we took him to the zoo and he, he wanted a helium filled balloon because, you know, they float up. And I said, yeah, no problem. And I took it and I put the little knot on the end so that we could put it around his wrist, but he didn't want that. He wanted to hold on to the balloon But when the kid holds on to the balloon and then they see something more exciting, they let go of the balloon. And so dad's always there to hold the balloon, pick it back, put it down, put it on his wrist. He takes the balloon off. He gets excited. It goes, he takes, and it's, and it's this process. And, and I'm just kind of getting this imagery because it's like, you know, you want to be with these kids that you're mentoring and you want to be there and you see that they're going through real issues and and real problems and things that are so real to them. And, and, you want them to put the balloon on the wrist so that they can stay grounded, but their lives are moving so fast that they're taking the balloon off, seeing the next thing and it's going and you're having to go, Oh, I got it. And let's get it on your wrist. Okay. It's going to be on your wrist for a couple days. Oh, and now you've taken it off. Let's go. And so I see this real kind of like, uh, you know, acting in local parentis or like this really caring role to kind of keep people from floating away and i and i really mean that from floating away and i see that as such an important and vital thing to be doing and that's just the imagery that you're giving me
2: especially for the the like the social needs aspect of it like sometimes it really is like they they need um, they need confirmation of when it's okay to ask a question they need confirmation of if that occasion that, that question was even worded appropriately they need confirmation if they used their filter at all they they, they need just um they need yeah, they need verbal confirmation that, that the, the path that they're walking is reasonable. That's it, just reasonable. They don't need your approval, they don't need anything of that nature. They just need to know that you're going in a direction that isn't directly south. Okay. Hmm.
0: Well so let's uh let's let's get into the thick of it then. And you've already alluded to this in your story at the beginning of what got you education, but we know that you're, you're a big advocate of mentorship and please elaborate on why you think mentorship is an important part of the education process.
2: Well, I think it's an integral part of the process really. And I think that if we, if we, if we ignore it and we don't nurture it in some sense, we're doing a disservice to the students that walk through our doors. I think that's a real importance. Um, You know, we all, we all like to think of ourselves as role models, but most role models crash and burn. And I think that if we if we tend to think of ourselves as in a constant mentor-mentee relationship, that we're not only... I mean, we all accept that we learn something from the kids every, every now and then, but if we really openly accept that there is a constant flow of information from them to us and back and forth, um, they're more willing to hear what comes out of our mouths, and we're also more willing to listen to what may sound absurd at first
0: well uh, can you elaborate uh, what may sound absurd at first like what do you mean by that
2: yeah, it is for people to consolidate their own ideas right a lot of times people just want to to well, they want the validation but they seek it in all the wrong places and sometimes it's better to just rant about something and have a friend say Hell yeah, brother!
1: Yeah, you know, I really, I really like what you said. You know, young people—so much of a young person's life is, uh, is validation. I mean, uh, you know, look at the serotonin that's unleashed when someone likes a post on Instagram or Facebook. You know, and and that's why it's being checked all the time. And who, if not the, if the educators can give the validation, even if it's validation that says like, I'm hearing what you're saying. And while I may disagree with it, I'm hearing it, I'm taking it in and I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting up a wall. I might be redirecting, but I'm validating that you have given me an opinion. You know, I'm hearing that that can be such a positive, uh, as opposed to it being like, here's me, here's you the flow goes from me to you, it's back and forth. And even though I might redirect what you're saying or what you're thinking or what you're doing in a different way, I'm still validating that you're doing it.
0: Can you give us some practical ways that we can start to not only be educators, but things we can do in the classroom tomorrow that allow us to transition into being mentors?
1: See, I really, I really like that question, Vito, because, you know, when I was kind of I always prepare for our shows and I'm thinking like to me it's always like what okay I really like this um and I know what to do in 10 days but I don't know how to start I don't know what I can do tomorrow to jump into it and I know like a lot of the people who we listen to a lot of the feedback we get is is like I like the show because it helps me to get started and I think that's so like specifically with this subject I think that is so important how do we get started being mentors? Yeah, how, how do we do this?
2: Uh, build rapport. I think that's the biggest start. No one's going to take on a mentor if they don't at least have faith in their capabilities beyond themselves, if they don't like them in some form or way, if they don't find them admirable. So I do think that having a lovable nature is just a necessity. Um, I like and that. I do think having love for them, like the, 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 there has to be a relationship. There has to be a true and genuine relationship before you can just open up that can of worms and let that information flow back and forth. Otherwise, um, it can it can become a weird respect battle. Um, if you try and feed the kid too much information on the first day, he just tunes you out. Um, if you don't approach it right, at least. Um, I really like.
1: Uh, I'm getting a big vibe off that the comment you made. Have a lovable nature. I mean, hey yeah it's it's easy it's easy to turn gray in this industry you know it's it's easy and I think I think I think it's more than just like like you said like yeah there's build a rapport you know Uh, there's you know build a relationship but like have a lovable nature where like your first instinct is a loving instinct
2: absolutely like I, I I really think that I can draw a line between um, my opinion on what makes the best teachers the best teachers and kids opinions on who the best teachers are and I really think it's just that that positivity that that loving nature that caring vibe that even sometimes that comic relief and the, the fluidity to be able to to flow in those dangerous situations those vital situations volatile situations uh, and those volatile situations and transform the the moment into an almost living satire living satire and what
0: i love about what you're saying especially in that whole part of that loving nature and rapport building and opening up is that you have to be prepared to be vulnerable to do this
2: absolutely absolutely and that
0: and that's 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 a tough step for people to take to open up their own vulnerability, uh, not to be acquitted with cut your arm open and bleed for the student there and, and, and put it all out there. That's that's completely unprofessional
2: but, but to, to, to openly accept that I love you for who you are. I see you for the pain and misery that you've gone through. And no matter what, I will always make room for you.
0: Ooh.
1: Ooh, that is just beautiful I,
2: I, I put see. that on a hallmark card send that I,
0: out right i now. see
1: i see you and i will always make room for you
0: like that is a teacher poster right there you know yeah. those quintessential teacher posters in the classroom nick that's one right there i see you for you are oh man that I, is I really that's like that. wonderful thank you it's a, yeah it's i really, a really
2: like that for you you you've gotta you've gotta meet them where they are and um Try and take them where you're to and and i really think um you know i i I feel
1: like in your role as an educational assistant you know there's that opportunity for the one-on-one because there is the one-on-one time that does happen but it, it needs to happen on a larger scale too it can't just be Nick, the 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 awesome EA making that connection. It's 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 got to be everyone. Like I think it's got to be the industry as
2: a whole. And I, I think part of that is recognizing that like the the, the mentor-mentee relationship isn't always going to look like a, a personal conversation between two individuals. Sometimes it's going to be. Um, very informal in the sense that, you know, I just knew this guy that had a really wise way of viewing the world and I wrote down everything that he ever told me. I never told him what he meant to me or anything of that nature, but he said some really wise stuff. Um, Sometimes it's in those little lollipop moments that people really find themselves. I
1: Mm. I like that. I like that phrase, lollipop moments. And I like that too, you know. I'm thinking as the, you know, I'm putting on my, like my classroom teacher hat, you know, uh, it makes me think too, like, you know, mentorship, sometimes you'll never know who you were a mentor for. Um, uh, Because it was informal. um, I've shared a story many a time. I had uh, this, I had this student and I had these objects that I had. They were, they were trophies. I, 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 I used to do a film festival, and I had trophies for the film festival, and I would order the trophies. And all of a sudden, I went into my classroom one day, and the trophies were missing. They were, had they were, been stolen, but there was an envelope on my desk. And I opened the envelope, and there was a cue card that had a riddle on it that led me to another cue card 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 that eventually led me to the trophies and a final card. And, uh, the final card said like, Mr. Polson, this was my way of becoming one of your stories. So you won't forget me. Oh, and, and, but the thing is, this, the thing is this it was a student who I like, I had a good rapport with. Oh, but like, I never would have thought that that's how that student saw me. Like not in a million years. I said, I know, like, I know that me and this kid, we have a good relationship, but like, I didn't realize the investment that they had put it, in, the, the, the investment that they had put into me. So when I think about, when you say these lollipop moments, we have no, we have no idea. We have no idea. None. None. What How we're affecting people.
0: I, and I want to piggyback on that—the little story that happened this year. It was I it was teaching grade seven, eight. One of the things I did was run a, a writing club for for uh, students, and they would come in twice a week at lunch. And most of them would just show up just to get out of going outdoor for recess. And I was fine with that, whatever they would that. <laughs> and, and you know, my writing club was at all for, you know a little tips and tricks along the way. But for the most part, I said, you know, the only way to become a writer is to write. So use this time to write and forget what people say. Just keep writing. And keep writing till you get to the end. And, uh, you know, you know, so the same crew would show up twice a week and they would do their thing and all excited, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, authors of tomorrow. And, and you know, that was, that was about it. And so fast forward to now, I get an email from one of those students saying, hey, Mr. McKenzie, I just want to let you know Uh, He was never one of my classes, but just in this writing club twice a week. He goes, you were such an amazing mentor to me. It's because of you, I was able to actually finish my first book and get it published. And it's out now. And I'm so proud of it. And, you know, so here it is. I just want to thank you. You're an amazing teacher. And I, I was touched. I'm like, I'd actually never taught the kid. And, you know, my rapport with him was based on these just a few days a week. So it was really a touching moment to to see the effect that you have on people without even knowing it uh i love what you're saying here nick thank you
1: let's keep it going let's get real let's Let's get get real real here let's get real real. right down we've been fake now it's time to get real i'm just kidding (laughs) let's keep getting real you know being a mentor is difficult work bud often the people we have to mentor you know are what i call the most at promise students you know, I use the positive at promise because, you know, that chickens land an egg on the top of a barn and we and we don't know which way it's going to fall. Right. How during our difficult mentorships and I don't mean how I'm not expecting you to like be like, oh, here's the key. Um, but in, in your in your experience, when you've had a really difficult mentorship pr- uh, going on how do you stay positive? How do you stay hopeful? What kind of, what do you do so that you don't, you know, you fall, so so you can stay out of that negative space?
2: I think it's important to realize that there is going to be those David versus Goliath kind of days where you are going to have to stand against, um, your demons, fight your demons, fight your dragons, fight the giant in front of you. Um, but so long as you surround yourself in people that you too would consider giants and you remember to lean on them when you need to and when you can um, there's 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 nothing you gotta worry about there's nothing you gotta worry about oh wow uh, vibe, vibe, I feel that
0: vibe right there lean, make sure you have a support system in place, you're not an island wow I mean I put words in your mouth there but
2: no, that, 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 perfect words <laughs> perfect.
0: <laughs> that i cuz i just in education we always feel like we we have to do it alone like we're not being true or great uh, educators in any
1: capacity unless we, you know it's just us right well we're always tell uh, you you know we're, we're collaboratively we're collaboratively we're collaboratively but then you get into it and you're like but i have to do my own thing yes um, but and- but
2: We all admit like social awkwardness can be a horrible, horrible pain. Sometimes just breaking the ice is all it takes too.
1: And and even just, you know, I I love how you put that. You know, you're good. There's going, like you're fooling yourself if you think there's not going to be tough, tough days. Um, But that's Mm -hmm. why you have, that's why you yourself have mentors. I love, I, you know, and, and it's, it's beautiful in its simplicity.
0: I don't know if you need to go even beyond that at at this point, but if you want to keep going.
2: Oh yeah, no, we're all ears. Inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) I ran out there. You you really did rob the words right out of my mouth for sure. Um, Yeah. It's, it's leaning on your peer networks, leaning on your loved ones. Um, Just don't hold things in. That's, that's what really eats us up at the end of the night. Right. If you, if you take home all of these kids, um, personal issues every single night and, and you don't um, yeah, I guess you don't, if you don't keep catalogue of it in some way, if you, if, you, if you don't decompress at the end of the night
1: David Wells talks about how he would deal with this really difficult stuff in his job and then he'd drive home and he'd see his family and he'd see his sons and his daughters and he'd get out of his car and he would he would take it off of him and hang it up on this tree next to where he parked and he would go inside and then the next day he would go out to his car and he'd take the heavy stuff and put it back on get in his car and go to
2: work and i i bet the 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 just the metaphor of actually doing that every day but does bring some general relief to your shoulders um but it, it, is, it is, it's hard to take that jacket off at the end of the day. So I hope that everybody hangs their hat high.
0: Yeah, especially because it, it, we're so emotionally involved and attached. Yeah. That, that that David Wells thing, you know, that echoes the advice my dad gave to me when I first started working the assembly line. He was like, listen, you're going to have a lot of rough days. Don't take your work home. Leave it there. Just go home at the end of the day. Just Just hang it up with everything else at the door and go home. And, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, he's a dentist, and when he opened up his own dental practice, his grandfather gave him a hat. And he said, listen, when you're at the office, you're wearing your dental hat, that's your business, but when you go home, you put this hat on, because you have to be there for your family, and you got other things to take care of at home. And so, you know, w- make sure you know which hat you're wearing. So, it, it's sometimes the actual physical act of hanging up on the tree, or the hat, or at the door, you know, we, we, we have to do this, we have to do this, otherwise,
2: we're toast. Oh yeah. On on a personal level, how do you boys deal with that um outside of asking for um I guess how do you deal with that internally sometimes? Not that we we can't always pick from the tools in our toolbox, I guess.
1: Yeah it, it's it that's an interesting question and you know how I have dealt with a lot of the the heavy stuff that uh comes through education through me. I mean months and months ago me and a good buddy started a podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> honestly honestly um but but going further than that uh you know you hit the nail to me at least you hit the nail on the head like you know there are times where you have to accept that you are you're, you can't be the savior to everybody um but i always have to make sure that i can be to the two little boys who have the same last name as me who live in my house uh, you know I, you have to have um, and, and I've said this before uh, it's not about saying no to things. it's to me it's not about what you are going to say no to so that you can do the best job for you and your family and the things you need to accomplish. but it's about having a hierarchy of yeses and what earns your yes first and what earns your yes second and what earns your yes third because um, and, and that way you you flip the script. And yeah, I mean, you want every student that you, every every kid that I've ever met, you. I want them to get a hundred percent in every course, get into the university of their dreams, have the job and the life that they they have always wanted. Um, but I I also know that that's not reality. Um, but it doesn't mean I still don't wish it for them, and it doesn't mean that like you know when when a student you know, encounters serious hardship, it doesn't mean that my heart doesn't break for them. It does, but it also means that I have to be able to be with them in it. And then I need to be able to remove myself from it. So I can be the best version that I need to be for all the other people in my life who need me. I think, I think empathy is, is key being able to be in it with people, but then get out of it. Um, and and one of the things that I do to really help is, you know, I talk it out with friends. I I write books. I you know I I I do the things where I'm able to take what's inside and get it out.
2: Excellent self mastery, my friend. Excellent. Oh, <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say master. self. Maybe maybe self bunny hill. <laughs> <laughs> Getting there. Getting there.
2: And I'm
1: not I, I,
0: diamonds yet. <laughs> yeah. No, and. You know, I love what you're saying there, Chris, because one of the things you have to let go of is perfection. You have to, you absolutely have to let that go, that you want to be there and you want to be everything for everybody, but you can't. And the sooner you start to accept that slowly, um, it's not like you're being apathetic towards others or really a jerk face jerk towards those in need you're not you are simply accepting that there's only so much you can do there's and that so it, and, and you have to be willing to let the rest go there's only so much that is under your control that you can control i know a lot of teachers right now in the virtual environment are burning out and losing it and i was there that first month until i said i it's not going to be perfect. I have to let go. What's the point of me putting these 16 hours uh, to burn myself out? I'm going to give what I can to my students and, and leave it there. And one of the things I have to do, especially, you know, the running joke is teachers do these, you know, 16 hours of work and then take care of yourself. Go for a drink of water <laughs> and this class. But I, I, I said, you know what, what's important to me is I do what I can. And, and I let the rest go. And I, you know what? This year, I'm not going to be the best teacher that I can be. I'm fine with that. They're not going to be the best students they can be. I accept that. I have other hobbies to, to keep me going. When I close off at the end of the day, I have other hobbies that I go towards. I have a family I look towards. I go to tobogganing with my kids. Every morning, one of the exercises I do is called Morning Pages. Uh, Julia Cameron introduced me to this years ago. And I just sit down and just stream of consciousness for the first 10 minutes while my daughter's like all watching an iPad or whatever. Paper. Yeah. And I just, I just go stream of consciousness for 10, 15 minutes. And, and honestly, with a cup of coffee, I'm just going and everything that's on my mind and my heart gets spilled on the page. And then I just ignore it and go on. And, and that's it. That that really centers me for the day. So it's, it's all of these little things and a lot of it's just letting go of perfection. And, and so that's, that's really what's helped me uh, to avoid Burnout this year, and to just accept oh another announcement from our government that we're going to be locked down again, and this is going on. Okay, wow, is what it is. What it is.
2: Those, those I uh, <laughs> talks, my friends, there's been a lot of uh, like you were talking about teacher burnout. I cannot believe how many teachers I've seen have mental uh, moments. I will say um, of just complete hysteria over over what sometimes seems like little change in the day-to-day monotony but i mean i get it from the the, the mass scale it's it's nothing like what any of us have been used to but nevertheless it uh, it, it blows my mind sometimes uh, you
1: know if you could end off with a piece of advice you know as someone who has had your story you know who's been from the okay you know i'm making this money but this isn't working for me something isn't right here so i need to find my journey and i and 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 then from finding the man that you were supposed to be to then other people obviously recognizing that plucking you out and then you being right in it and and being you know cast into this role as a mentor you know What would be a piece of advice that you would want, you know, that that you wish that you heard, or that you wish that every teacher could hear, every EA could hear? If you had a piece of advice that you could just say, like, hey, this is what I want people to know, what would it be?
2: Ride the wave, man. If you see it coming, ride the wave. Uh, I think people get too caught up in their plan for life sometimes and and, uh, taking the punches as they come, although you're taking punches when you look back at it, it toughens you up and you can be proud of that at the very end. You can be proud of the person that you build yourself into, whether it's um, man of mystery, man of academia, man of many talents, man of many trades, whatever you want it to be.
1: I love it. And hey, Vito, did Chris. you see, your, did, did, you see uh, did you look at your watch? Oh, oh, I'm looking at it now. I know what time it is. You know what time it is? That's right. It's everyone's favorite time. Hey, it's the Pulse and Points extravaganza. Pulse and Points extravaganza. And uh, point extravaganza ganza, so ganza. we are here tonight with Nick Matthews, and he's been taking us on a roller coaster. This is one of those episodes where, you know, every now and then we fell down the rabbit hole, and that's okay. Uh, we'll take that. Uh, but, you know, to me, this is what I really pulled out of Nick's story and his message today. Um you know, everyone's journey is different. And, and one of the things we really need to be aware of is it's not about the money. It's about the passion. Because sometimes we have to reacquaint ourselves with things that might have been lost. And ask ourselves that big question of how do I want to make my mark on the world? As opposed to what can I get out of the world? Um, you know, going further, it's so important to give confirmation, even if it's not necessarily approval. Um, and, and mentorship, uh, mentorship in terms of our educational industry, it's not only important; it's integral. We, it needs to be there. We we fall without it. And if we really accept uh, that there's a constant flow of learning, then we can really make that positive change. Um, and and one of the things you know that I thought was I was crucial is to when you're getting into the education industry, no matter what role that you're in. Have a lovable nature and build relationships because, and, and this was something you said, Nick, that just like, it really kind of gobstopped me. No one's going to take on a mentor they don't like. <laughs> it's like, it's so beautifully simple. You no one's going to take on a mentor they don't like. Hey, in times get tough, lean on your own mentors. Lean on your own mentors. Um, take those punches and be proud. And I think to me, the, the, the crown jewel of the Polson points today is when you go into those classrooms, no matter what role you're taking, you know, you tell those kids, I see you and I will always make room for you. And, uh, I think we've been really lucky to get the wisdom of Nick Matthews tonight, Vito, because, uh, that those were some, those were some heavy points. Those were some heavy points. I I, I didn't know we were going to get so heavy. I thought it was going to be like, hey, well, you know, here's 10 steps to being a good mentor. You know, uh, we went deep. We, we
0: definitely did. And, you know, we always tell our guests as they come on, sometimes we're going to just go where the road takes us. And in this case, the road took us pretty deep in the woods in a path that hadn't been traveled in quite some time. So thank you, Nick.
2: Now that we've gotten to the end of the road, I might contend that I accidentally lost all of my point notes um, the night that's before. That's the best way, and I just rolled through it. It was punches <laughs> the whole way. So <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, hey, that's the best way to. Do it. And hey, I don't want
1: you to think I'm smart by any means and can remember things.
2: <laughs> they are
0: the actual pulls and points if
1: you look
2: at my notes it's like three words it's so <laughs> depressing i spent so much time yesterday
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's good sometimes you just need trigger notes so that's that's fantastic yeah. nick thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight we really appreciate having you, you on and for sharing your story your wisdom and just this journey that you and we are all going to be on so thank you and chris next week i believe we're going to be talking with a woodshop teacher which (laughs) is which is fantastic because i can take off my own head with a screwdriver so this would be good (laughs) i'm
1: looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it Vito.
0: same here and thank you for joining us on another episode of the unapologist podcast join us next week when we'll talk with great people share great ideas and tell the story of teaching as it happens This is Vito and Chris signing off
1: The Unapologist Podcast.